0: and health and wellness coach for over 22 years i've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies and what i've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking my mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day and here we are today everyone i i'm super excited me and anna have been trying to get together i don't know it seems like about three to six months anna so Thank you so much for fitting me into your schedule and accommodating mine. Let me introduce Anna. She is a mind-body coach. She's a mindset mentor, fitness and nutrition specialist. She's a speaker. She's also an author. She's an Olympian. She's a mum. She's also founder of Move, a self-discovery and transformation program. She's lived the life of an Olympian, an elite athlete, an Ironman, a trainer, a coach, a mum and along the way she's learned just how important mindset, nutrition and tuning into our emotions and her emotions and how our energy are just, how our energy helps us I guess for a better, healthier, more fulfilled life. So welcome Anna, I'm super excited. This is honestly, it seems like we have different schedules all the time, so thank yeah. you so much for jumping in today. And I just saw on your uh, recent—well, not recent, probably a couple of weeks ago, actually. What's your latest thing? What have we—what have we achieved lately? Oh yes,
1: yes. I decided to um, to enter a race that I never raced that format before, so a mountain boat race. Just came up, and it was the nationals. I was like, oh, I haven't haven't <laughs> haven't had a title yet in all my years of racing. I didn't quite. Get that uh, that national title. So I've entered the en- enduro, gravity enduro, it's called. So it's combined, sort of downhill, a little bit of cross country. And, Is that mountain yeah, biking? Yeah, yeah, mountain biking. Yeah, and um, yeah, I won. So I was like, <laughs> yes, I have a medal now. I have the Australian jersey as a national champion.
0: Yay! Oh, can you just share with me? You know, like, you've been an athlete for a really long time, and we'll just tap into that shortly. How did that feel? Like, Mm. when was the last time you've competed at that level, walking away, being the winner, the gold? Yeah, share that with us. Yeah, it's been a while since I've competed at that level. In saying that, I did
1: retire in 2010. Yeah, so it's been... 12 years since I retired, I finished off with Hawaii Ironman. That was my sort of send-off. Wow. It's almost like I started with the Olympics, was happened really quick. I was only in the sport a year, mm. Olympics, com games, and then send-off was Ironman. So did so, you
0: do your – you, was it from Australia, or did you move overseas to do the training? I
1: moved, yeah. So, so I based myself in Germany. So
0: definitely. it was your passion at the time?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Passion is definitely – is what i followed my whole life, is my passion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, I gave that a go and had a, had a had a crack and was like, "Oh, I can still do this."
0: <laughs> yeah. So, how did the, how did it feel walking away with gold?
1: It felt incredible. It felt mm. like I was I was super excited, and the thing was this was a different lead up. It was different preparation to when I was full-time professional elite. This was going in as a master. It was going with more fun aspect, was the whole process, I guess. Well, even though I only got in a week before because I was on the wait list, but I sort of... So there was was no planning. Is
0: that what you're trying to say? There was no planning involved?
1: No, there was no planning. There wasn't much training. There was just um, going by past experience.
0: Yeah, how does someone do that? Like, how do you compete Uh, in an event?
1: uh, Drawing on my past helps a lot. There's a lot of deep belief that I'm a very, very, well, an exceptional mountain bike uh, in yes. terms of skill. So it's exactly. very much skill and I have a fitness level that I can maintain or I do maintain um, through very uh, smart training because I've done a lot of hours, incredible amount of hours that I'm like, okay, I've done enough of that. I just need to maintain. Yeah. So going into it, having that self-belief yeah, that, I, that I can do this, that um, anything's possible. They're one of those beliefs that just is being with me forever, that anything's possible, dream big, follow your dreams. Um, so it felt incredible being in a different position going in. Yeah, not as the elite athlete, but less pressure, more fun. I just went and practised the week before, having fun with friends, just enjoying the environment more because when I was an athlete, yeah. I found I, I really was so focused on the outcome.
0: I think yes. I travelled
1: the world and I really i did not see the world. Yeah, and this oh. is something a big yeah big learning for me and what I what I teach my, my my clients is it's about the process about the journey and for me I've learned that through having that experience of being a professional athlete traveling the world and like I said just having that one it's such a focus on the race and just not going sightseeing or just a little uptight perhaps yeah uh, so going into this race winning it having gold I just I i it was just, it was all the inner joy, yeah, and I got to share it with my friend that was there with me, and that was special too, and a, a boy that I coach, a young up-and-coming yeah. champion, he was there too, and just a lot of people from the mountain bike scene that I'd grown, sort of, yeah, seen along the way, um, catching up with them, I was like, oh, I hadn't seen them for years, and it was just, it was fun, it was a whole lot of fun.
0: So what, yeah. what was your biggest takeaway or learning, I guess, from competing in totally different events? Yeah, that I,
1: I believe it would be that it's not just about that outcome. Yeah, the mm. outcome is a bonus. Yeah, uh, but it's the process. Yeah, it's the process we go through. So yes, yeah, so I it was a surprise to get the entry because I was on a wait list. So that was awesome. Yeah, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do now? Yeah, so I better go practice. So I went down with a few a few boys that I train. Yeah, um, a few BMX champions that I went with, and. Yeah, they're young kids, and we just had a ball. We just went, did all the, the. They showed me a few little, you know, this is these are the tricky sections, Anna. You have to be careful here, um, because it is a, a quite a,
0: uh, a risky, dangerous sport. Um, yeah, that's because the injuries are quite significant, right? So you're always going to do hips and knees and ankles, so that's going to well, take you out of action. Let
1: alone can, can Yeah, it, it, it's there, but again, I the focus is has always been for me on getting down the mountain safely so i do a lot of visualization a lot of beforehand and i've done that forever that's just ingrained and i do it now with my coaching and my future and where i'm headed is that visualization of not seeing myself crash no that's not what i see can you i see totally different i see myself winning i see myself in a jersey i like this on the podium so it's, is it this, does help.
0: Is that part of your, because I know with elite athletes anyway, a lot of visualisation has been happening for the last 10 and 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, and also as a coach now. So walk us through how often you would do that. And if anyone else has got a specific goal or an outcome that they're trying to achieve, what would be maybe three tips that you mm-hmm. would share with people that could be useful for them? Yeah.
1: Firstly, having a goal is great. Yeah. yeah. So we do need that goal. Um, that envision yeah, and being able to to visualise it is very important. Mm, um, yeah. The other part of it is is speaking about it, yeah, telling people yeah. about it. So this is huge for me, right? Because you can just have a goal and it can be in your head, right? And you can just keep it for yourself. Once you start telling people about it, you're really coming from that purpose, yeah. You know, that yeah, talking about it, expressing it, it's real now. Yeah. Okay, then. The next part, the third one, is I find the most important. Yeah, because you can visualize all you want, but when you bring in emotion, this is the next part, right? The body. So you're connecting your mind, which has the visual. Yeah, you're coming into your body through your through your voice. Yes. Breathing, and then the heart. That's that's where it's at. It's the emotion. So me seeing myself uh, on that podium in the Australian jersey with the medal and the emotion that flooded in before the event had happened, right? So creating your future before it happens, yeah, but with the emotion to get you there, yeah, so it brings you in motion and I think that is the number one thing that I think I did automatically as an athlete uh, in my past, but integrating that and learning more about that to guide my clients, uh, to anyone that has a goal or a vision to be able to bring that to life because that can often be the blocker but there's no emotional
0: drive behind it, no no pull of that emotion to get there. And what's the difference between people that, you know, because you've obviously worked, you, you've been in the um, Olympian lifestyle and then you've now, you know, coached hundreds, I would guess, of um, athletes and always been a role model for a lot of other athletes out there. What's the difference for people that don't, put the time and energy into visualization or is that just a given nowadays? Because
1: yeah, do you notice? I think for for athletes, yes, definitely it's it's just, it is a given. Yeah. yeah. All athletes do it. Okay. It's more so now um I do quite a lot of coaching yeah. in just normal everyday people. Yes. And they're, they're not so much athletes. So I've veered away from that. I do have a couple. I, I do yeah. stay in that scene. But for me it's more that uh, brighter, the, the wider range of, of workers, whoever they be. It doesn't matter who they are, business people or just everyday, um, you know, people wanting to have better relationships. You, know, you can visualise a relationship. It doesn't have to be yes. this, this um, I guess, what's what, what, what we all sort of a condition for success. Right? It can be just wanting to have a goal of, of a loving relationship. Isn't and visualising yourself in one of those and the feelings that come with that, Isn't so it's veered away a lot from the success. And I think that, for me, has been the transition from the identity of an athlete, um, which I hold on to a lot of attributes still. Yes. Uh, however, softening into more of a um, someone that's able to not be so uh, driven by that again success.
0: Yeah. yeah. And can you share with us then? Because most people think that, you know, and I'm not saying you don't even should together, but most people just think, you know, you're really successful, you're an athlete, you know, you've had the Olympian lifestyle, your whole world has been focused and driven. There's going to be areas, because people, you know, just look up and they go, well, you must be this and you must be that. So everyone labels everybody, right? Yeah. And in order to be that person, you needed to think a certain way. And so when you think that way, you're going to create that lifestyle and now that was an identity and now you've shifted that so what has the transition been like for you and why did you feel it necessary to go on that journey and now help even more people with that journey because you're so passionate about this yes yes mm. yes
1: it's a, a great question because it's it has been a challenge an absolute challenge mm. I just that identity of an athlete has been so ingrained in me from a very young age. A very young age, I was competitive in every sport. I played tennis, I was in McDonald's squad. You know, yeah. I, I went played at the tennis center. I was, it was just, everything was aligned with playing sport and being great at it. All right, and then came into the mountain bike, and came into Ironman triathlon, which is one of the hardest things you can yeah. do. I'm like, Hawaii, um, really? <laughs> the most craziest thing actually that's a that's a, a test of your mental um capacity yes. i was gonna say another word but uh, <laughs> um so yeah the transition was tough because it was so ingrained everything i did i woke up for you could say 45 years perhaps now maybe 43 the last three years i'm always 46 i've really shifted alright, uh, and i have a child he's nine yeah so the athlete with a being a mum is kind of you know can't be competing as my nine-year-old son <laughs> it helps it helps helps him become you know step into whatever he's going to be um but in relationships i've found that they're challenging you know to have that athlete mindset has been um for me a challenge where i've noticed in relationships that things um perhaps need a shift right that's where the shift comes and yes all the attributes i still have that you know yes. the that sort of create that space i'm in now as a mind body coach to be able to there be there for others to be that i am very much an action taker And a lot of my clients are stuck right so they come to me yeah the action taker yes um quite quite good at that um and it was more the relationship yeah so for me it was more connection a lot shifted um in terms of not just being that one selfish and i will say i was extremely selfish looking after my health was has is still is number one Mm. um because without our health we just we we have one goal Mm. right and i know you know what that is Mm. to get healthy with our health it's just open there are endless possibilities endless goals endless dreams yeah and and for me it was the i guess the shift to come out of the selfishness to, to contribute because I have a lot to contribute. Mm. So shifting from the selfish and i are holding on to all this information, I still have to pull myself in line and go, hang hey, on, you've still got a lot to give. Anna. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you're still yeah. holding on to this. Yeah, and it's that athlete, you know, that, you know, you do. You're in that mode of looking after yourself. And that's the other thing. When clients come, a lot of them aren't great at looking after themselves. So yeah. I'm like, okay, you're with the right person here. I've done that for a lot of years um, in terms of nutrition, mindset, yeah, everything, getting out nature, all this holistic approach uh, that that enables us to be healthy for one, and then live into um, our values and have a really healthy, happy life. And it, the shift has been, has been great, yeah, for relationships, my son. Yeah. Being able to step out of the athlete identity and just be me under the athlete. Because that's again something we do. We just, we take on these identities where we, as you know, again, we just, we we become that person. So it's been conscious effort. Okay. I know you're not an athlete. You've retired. I almost had to say, you've retired now. So you would tell yourself a month ago, it was like, oh, it was like a a semi retired. As a, as a master. I'm not going in as the athlete. Yes, right. Um, so, yeah, the transition to answer the question has been has been a challenge, but it's also been so rewarding to do.
0: Yeah, and, I was going to say, so the, what are the rewards that you're seeing now in yourself? Huge rewards in connection. Yeah, mm. so I would have sort of
1: associated, associated myself as more of a alone type yes. person, so yeah. being on my own, mm. wanting my own space um and this comes from a my childhood defining moment uh, where i've revisited i went away when i was 12 to switzerland with a neighbor uh, without parents we landed we stayed with his grandparents they didn't speak english so two weeks i was there with them before my friend's parents came but that shifted everything for me i decided i was going to do life on my own there was no one there for me um a lot of yeah Mm. decisions made or meaning taken on board by that young 12 year old what a trauma a lot of hurt
0: yeah
1: pain um which then drove me to be that athlete yeah which did help but again back to answering your question it's i've come back to me through doing that connecting to me has been the biggest part of healing the trauma coming back releasing that emotion uh, being able to connect more with myself yes. um, as who i am and not the athlete but everything underneath that which ah, is, is so much more and we can discover what's behind an identity that we've taken on at a very young age um and those connections my son and i we are, oh, it's beautiful yeah i i can hold space for him like before in an athlete i just i didn't i just got on with things get back on your bike right ah. that's what i did I, broke bones and got back on. Like I just literally was in that, um, in terms of the emotional space, I was, wasn't was very much in tune with it. And that in itself reflected in my relationships. And um, so now, beautiful relationship with my son, I can teach him yeah, about emotions, about being balanced, because I wasn't very balanced, um, and having great relationships. And connections and connecting with clients and building community. So all these things. Yeah. underneath, mm-hmm. which is incredible now to talk about
0: that selfish uh, athlete. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So it's interesting that you referred to being an athlete as selfish. So tell me oh. about that. Yeah. Because it's like a solo no, was... solo journey, right? It's a extremely it... disciplined
1: Well, especially the sport I chose to be in. I mm-hmm. chose every time individual sports. So tennis was very individual. Right. Um, I went on to do the mountain biking individual. Uh, Ironman, very individual and solo. And you really need to look after yourself. You need to get your training done, right? You need to get the sleep. So sleep's so important. Your food. So there's all these things that align, I guess, with what I would call selfish because you're not considering anyone else. I wasn't considering my partners I wasn't considering my family. I I left Australia and lived in Germany for 12 years. I left all my family, my friends, yeah, to yeah, to follow that that dream and identity and live that athlete life because the the racing world was in Europe. Now yeah, there was yeah. Australia didn't offer the same. So yeah. I, it was almost like you had to go overseas to pursue that. Yeah, so there was a lot of
0: Selfishness, Putting me first. Yeah, 100%. And when you think about you putting you first now, you know, like we're both, you know, emotional intimacy coaches, so we've learned a lot, you know, about having those relationships and being open and vulnerable and sharing yeah. our truth and owning our own truth. Yeah. You know, like what do you think has, what's your biggest takeaway from who you used to be to who you've become mm-hmm. through that emotional intimacy intimacy training and yeah. how do you see that benefiting your clients now
1: yeah this is such a beautiful area mm. for me witnessing my clients going into that emotional space you know for me being able to do that first yeah you know, to lead the way and go i'm healing and i tell my clients now i said like, last week i had a trigger yeah. yeah and i'm just real yeah i had a trigger and i this is how i work through it so I guess, yeah, having that space to feel your emotions, to be able to connect um, on an emotional level, and have the emotional intimacy um, or or intelligence, I guess, yeah, to be able to and availability, yeah, that this is an emotion, this is real, yeah, this is happening because from conditioning, perhaps not being told not to cry, perhaps these things that we all sort of go through, yeah, um, where our parents didn't know any different, they were told not to cry, so. And it just comes automatically. And I did that with my son the first few years before I did this journey. I'd be like, you'll be right, get up, don't no cry. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's how we roll. Right? But knowing that it's so important and when, when we can have these moments of connecting back to our emotions and, and revisit these perhaps memories to where we've, we've abandoned ourselves in that moment. We just don't know it. You know? when We haven't felt that emotion. There's that self-abandonment. So when when we when when I have a moment or when clients have a moment, i just it brings me so much joy. And I it sounds horrible because it's a painful experience, it can be painful, mm. to feel these emotions, but it's just that moment of connection, connection to your inner child, connection to these times in your life where you had no one to hold you, and then you're holding your own self in a in a safe space. And that makes for me, that's made immense difference in my growth has been the emotional because like i said mindset we can have a we can have a super strong mindset Mm -hmm. yeah which is very important to know what your thoughts are know what your beliefs are to get to know that very important but also the emotions just not to disregard those because they they bring true connection when you are able to feel them release them they bring connection with you and then you have that opportunity to have these
0: amazing connections with others on a deeper level. Yes. And I love how you've just said, you know, like we, we take satisfaction, immense satisfaction out of helping people through a process where they don't even know that they're, that they're stuck, but it's having such a significant impact on their life in an unresourceful way. And then God. to be able to connect them to their inner child and, feel all of them is one of the most magical gifts that I think as coaches especially emotional intimacy coaches that we can give people and I just like listening to you and watching your body language when you talk about it I just have goosebumps because it it just lights me up that we have this skill set that we've both explored ourselves because I've coached with you and it's like you know you've given me that gift and you know I've forwarded that gift on to other people so knowing that we are in a position where we don't actually have to allow them to struggle struggle for longer than what they've already been struggling is just nothing makes me more happy and i can see in your eyes it's just like we're on the same page it's like yeah you know it's how beautiful that if this is our contribution to the world to help people yeah. through something that we've both experienced and the journey isn't easy you yeah, know, we, we have yeah. identities and society see different people in different ways, but it's how we choose to see ourselves. And the other thing I really loved is the relationship with your son. Yeah. And, you know, like for mums out there, what advice could you give them about, you know, helping their children explore their emotions? And, you know, we did, we all grew up in a time where shit had to get done. We were all yeah. coming from a scarcity mindset parents were both working they to do everything they could to put stuff on the table they had parents that were not emotionally available to them you know Mm -hmm. the emotional maturity of our parents let alone me before I started the journey five years ago it's like what do you mean emotional maturity like my seven-year-old was running the show man (laughs) so for mums out there that this is new to them what would you recommend to them like you know like this has been a great learning for you what mm. what advice would you give to mums if they think, Oh, that's me? I, I've yeah. noticed I shut my children's feelings down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, first be kind to yourself yes. and have some compassion because when often when, you know, I, I teach my clients and say, you know, this is they perhaps have an aha moment of, Oh, I'm shutting my child's emotions down, it's that compassion, giving that to yourself that you didn't know better right um because when we know more we can we can do it differently right so first that compassion and kindness for self is important um and it's it's getting on their level yeah and i think for for me experiencing my son first i would say it's my own healing because when we heal as mums our kids heal so i found these amazing patterns where i'd heal a trauma um and my son the next day would release and we wouldn't know why like i didn't know why he's just having crying and i could hold him in his emotion knowing giving him safe space even if he was kicking and screaming he didn't want me around i knew he needed me and that's i think a key for when you're with your kids knowing they actually need you they don't need you to storm off they might want you to or might express anger in a way that you're like oh i better leave them alone but no they need you yeah. So I think it's the same for an adult. Nothing changes. We need someone when we are in having experience in emotion. We need to be held in a safe space. We need to be heard. All right. So listening to your kids. Yeah, you know, we need to we need to mod, mirror, mirror their sadness. Yeah, you know, get down and go, I can, you know, and really in your face go, um, oh, I can see you're really sad. Yeah. So they know that that's sadness and that's okay to be sad. Otherwise, if you're on the other end going, don't cry they're like well, then they interpret it's not okay to be sad it's not okay to be me uh, all right then they see you sad but you're allowed they're not and then it all spirals yeah. down to them really thinking there's something wrong with me that's where shame comes in so the the biggest tip yes is to do your own healing is a big one yeah okay do your own um emotional healing. So that you can hold space for your child, you know, because I know before mine I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. stand him crying. Because I dealt with my own tears. Yeah. I couldn't stand it. I'm just really he came out a cry baby. He literally did not stop crying. It's almost like universe going, Anna, you gotta deal with your crying.
0: <laughs> what a listen to Loon, right?
1: <laughs> it took me a while to figure that one out though. Yeah. Um, and yeah, holding space, really mirroring them so that they know what that emotion is, so they feel safe giving that your child's safety is number one. Yeah, you know, that they feel safe feeling their emotions, and it's like us as adults. Yeah, you know, when you have a friend partner that's feeling an emotion, that safe space. Yeah, you know? so holding space, listening, you know, reassuring, validating that it's okay to cry. Validation, it's okay to be sad. I can understand why you're sad. I can imagine that really hurts. All these validating. Um, words of reassurance that it's okay to feel it's we don't need to run from it or suppress it because that leads to a lot of different complications right, in your body so i'm a big believer that does if we're suppressing that emotion right there's distress in the body um that leads to over time it manifests as illness or disease so it's um it's such a it's a health journey to do. And that's the association I've made with it. Yeah. It's like, hey, feeling's healthy. Uh, for me, that was the, the mindset of it. Because before, I was like running from it. I literally would run. I would go for a run. If I felt something, yeah, I would go for a run, for a ride, avoidance. It. Like avoid any way I could. Yeah? And that's where feeling emotion and especially what I realise and, and see with my clients is they gain relief. And this is one yes. word uh, would everyone is chasing, pain relief, yes. right? Pain relief from the pain and the suffering, right? And that's where alcohol, alcohol comes in, drugs, right? Six. All these addictions, porn, food, yeah. emotional eating, yeah. right? Okay. They're finding relief and comfort in it. Yes, it's only short term, but they don't realise that and then go back for more. Mm. So for me, for a client to have that relief in a session, after feeling,
0: or my son, okay, is is that's the moment where I just go, oh, yes. Because what, that's feeling. the gift, I guess, for both of us, is that um, when we can have that breakthrough with clients and they're doing yeah. all the work, that's the gift that keeps giving because we've yeah. been the receiver of that. And when we can love that part of us that we've been repelling or running away from or, mm-hmm. as you say, numbing or running, and we've all got our addictions – you know we've all got whether it's workaholic whether it's athlete whether it's like you say porn addiction or gambling or drugs Mm -hmm. and you know we try to run from them we're running or numbing and when we can actually sit with our emotions and we've just released our um, body by design our emotional eating program and Mm -hmm. just what you have just said there is a lot of women are now starting to figure out that they're suppressing those emotions they're never Mm -hmm. going to take control of emotional eating until they acknowledge the emotion but We're never taught this. No. We're never taught that our emotions are supposed to be validated. And, you know, what I love here is, and I, you know, I've coached a lot of mums that they end up, this is what they end up saying. "Ursh, I can't handle my child. Ursh, she stops crying. You can't stop crying. Mm -hmm. And it's a common theme, you know, because we're in a woman's only gym. Yeah. And then I'm like, can you coach my 14-year-old? And I'm like, Absolutely. They yeah. come to me after a session and go, I don't know what you did, but you've sorted him or her out. And then they come into coach and then they come yeah. back three or four months and they're like, Ish, it wasn't them, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you must have that too, right? Because they like having that. Yeah. I've, we've, But I've done the journey for myself and now I can give to my child because like you just said about crying and I'm curious if this comes up with your clients, mm. when their children are crying, they're, they're getting really irritated so instead mm-hmm. of being able to acknowledge that because it's a trigger for them, then mm. it's that what are you crying for? And because it's a trigger, they don't want to see crying. They feel like they're out of control. Mm. Is that a? I want to normalize this for women because they they think it's just them. Yeah.
1: No. It, it it it's a moment when when we as moms when you when you're witnessing it's pain it's painful to witness your child going through that heard yeah, that emotion. and yeah, no one wants to witness that. Okay, but it does help when we have done our own. Yeah, it really does. And it's the education that's vital. Yeah, vital, vital, vital education about how to feel emotion. Like you said, we just don't. We we're not taught how to feel an emotion, no. and this is what I teach my clients, and I run a program as well. So yes. we move, it's
0: called. Yeah.
1: Um, where I get women moving. Yeah, move outdoors, variety, education. All right, so I'm combining that whole actually moving while you're getting educated, you're getting outside, getting the energy of nature, grounding, breathing, you know, that connection. All right? And a big part of it is emotions. And I hold a workshop on emotions because that, out of all the information I'm, I'm presenting, I found that to be a real key for, for people to actually be able to move forward. Yeah, because that's the anchor, perhaps, to the past. That's you know, feeling where people feel so so stuck, right? In the emotion, they're stuck in the emotion. Yeah, the thought process is important because there we create the emotion in our body. So looking at it from both perspectives, mind body, but to come back to that energy, yeah, the energy of emotion, and it's what we do with that energy. And yeah, the irritation from mums, I felt that too. I've felt that irritation and that, you know, wanting to just walk off or leave my child and, and again, it's really coming back to the present moment, it's not about me and I think that's a big one to go away with is in that moment, it's not about me because if you're bringing your own triggers in, it's going to end up in conflict, all right, and the child won't feel safe or your partner just crosses over. Um, So it's in that moment, it's not about me. Yeah, and if your stuff is coming up, then it's space. You need someone to take over. If it's a, the other partner, parent, mm-hmm. um, or if it's in a relationship and you're both in this emotional turmoil, then space. Yeah, come back again after you've sort of yeah had that moment to to feel that yeah. moment to feel. That's the key is feel to heal.
0: That's yeah. I was just yeah. going to say that's a really good way to wrap up our session today. Is both of us are firm believe Like we're like our probably our number one value for both of us is certainly health, yes. and that's why we've always connected over these years. And yes. then the feel, you know, you need to feel to heal. And we've both experienced that we've resisted our own feelings. You know, I had issues with my own health, and now our passion is to be able to help other people ex- mm. explore their emotions so that they don't have to struggle with the mm. inner turmoil that we've mm. had to do. So you're based in Melbourne. I am. Yes, worked, and if um, anyone would love to work with you or be part yeah. of your program, how can they... I've got you up here, but and I'll yes. drop it into the show notes as well, hun, because yeah. you've also got um, a chapter in the gratitude book as well. Yeah, so I have I am, and, yes,
1: co-author in, in the gratitude book, which was, yeah, like, you know, a fantastic experience yeah. to be able to connect to to that part, yeah, that the, you know, yours was forgiveness, gratitude, all these beautiful attributes you know, that um yeah. we can pass on our experience and my story in there which is awesome
0: That's beautiful. um
1: and you can find me under my name so very much easy to find on google excellent um, life coach melbourne i'll come up on the yeah I ranked quite high i mean that's part of the athlete right I'm ranking
0: ah <laughs> know, but you've got the experience you know what i mean like you've yeah. not only had the, yeah. the this is the same thing when you know like i'm a weight loss expert for 20 years It's like, people are like, what are you doing? And now we're moving into the emotional eating because it's not just about helping women yo-yo diet. It's about using our years of experience, but also as we've evolved and we've got more tools, we want to share that with the planet because we've learned a thing or two, we've fallen over a few times and we're constantly picking ourselves up and we're lucky enough that we can access each other as coaches and yes, we can constantly yeah. upgrade our mindset you know and mm-hmm. that's something that we're doing all the time so yeah. knowing yeah, that we practice have a safe what environment you
1: yeah big fan of practicing what i preach and yeah people love it when you say i just you know i was in a trigger last week yeah it's just we are we're we're all going through it. i'm still going through mine and that's okay i'm not at the end i love the evolution and growth that comes with it
0: i love the um trigger like Before I'd be like, I don't want to be triggered, you know. And even with the book launch, there was a massive trigger that came up half an hour before going on it. And I was like, how is that even possible? And then within three days, I'm like, oh, I'm having another one. And now I just want to embrace it and release it because what's beyond that brick wall that I've been holding for years and years? It's like, Mm -hmm. if I can get rid of that, wow, my Mm -hmm. whole life just, it just upgrades and levels up Mm -hmm. and I just love it. And then we get to, you know, align with amazing, phenomenal other women out there. You know, I yeah. just love that. I love it. So
1: yeah. is there any... Um, so yeah, you can find me Find me out of my name. Of my excellent.
0: List, and we'll drop that into the show notes anyway. So is there anything, one last final quote maybe that you'd love to share with people? Um, mm-hmm. Or yeah, what's one of your favourite quotes that maybe we'd um, like to end on? One of
1: mine is to to move forward, you, you've got to go within...
0: Yeah, you got to go inward,
1: inward to move forwards, because um, too often we we focus on the outside, the external world, um, you know that that bigger house, the job, the whatever it is external, um, that's going to bring happiness, that's going to make me feel better. But it's the internal. So going in, going inwards to the emotions, to the mindset, yeah, to nurturing through nutrition, all these things that uh, enable
0: you then to move forward. That's so beautiful. So, yeah oh yeah. uh, honey this has been amazing and i'm definitely going yes. to be bringing you on in 2023 because i know that you're going to be growing i'm going to be growing we're going to be able to help inspire each other so thank you for giving us the time today and sharing your insights with us because i know there's so many people that are going to listen to this today that thank will have you. so many golden nuggets so thank you for being so open transparent Beautiful. and honest thank you honey it's well, been a pleasure thank you. You. see you Much honey well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials. And don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then!